Wow. The great Mother Angelica. Wow. I, uh, yeah, I'm just fascinated by her, like her willpower too. And she went to um, uh, Canton McKinley High School, which I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, and if you type in Rita Rizzo to, um, to Google, it comes up that she was like one of the first female um, drum majorettes, like with oh, wow. the baton twirling and everything. Yeah. Oh, wow. Like it was like her and her friend or something that they were these drum majorettes. And I'm just like, what? <laughs> and then you just read about all of just the things that she had overcome and her mom. And I'm like, dude, this woman is a force to be reckoned with. course i mean we know that by watching ewtn right it's like was her dad involved in her life so I her dad so it was well her dad and her mom her but her dad basically left was not really involved like wouldn't even like pay the alimony or child support wow. like once her mom filed for divorce because he was just he was not he was verbally abusive he might have been physically abusive too um, just was not, was not good. And so left the picture basically. And, um, and I know at one point then her, her mom changed her name from Rizzo to Francis. So I think like after the divorce and everything, and, um, I think it was after her dad married another woman that I think that's when her mom changed her last name. I don't know if it was her maiden name or I can't remember. It might've been, but so then it was no longer like Rita Rizzo. It was like Rita Francis because her mom wanted Rita to also change her name too. So I don't know. I, I can't, I would have to go back and, and look at, yeah. But just, I mean, such a, an interesting, just how hard they had it. Um, it would be interesting to hear my grandpa because he lived in Canton at one point. And I don't remember the years that he lived in Canton, but it would be interesting to hear just like what it was like in Canton during that time. Um, if it was similar, if he, I don't know if he would have seen some of the similar things, but if it would have been somewhat similar. And even my granny lived in Canton too for a while. I don't know. I'll have to ask him. It'd be interesting. And to see if it was around the same time if when Rita Rizzo would have been there or Rhoda Wise. I don't Rhoda Wise may have passed away before. I don't know. The Joyce of Canton, Ohio. Wow. That was our banter topic for right there. Uh, for me just telling about Mother Angelica. No, but okay, a legit question. Uh, do you like fishing? Have you been fishing? So I had to kind of think about this. I definitely have been fishing. I don't know how much I actually fished on the trip because I was probably like 10 years old at the time and just felt bad for the fish. But <laughs> but I like seeing the fish and we definitely caught we definitely caught some, but we put them back in the, in the water. You've never filleted a fish? Like, to eat a fish? No? Look at look at this fishy that I caught. Okay, we're talking about... I'm showing her pictures of the fish that I caught last night. So, like, shout out to Doug and Mary Sandula for inviting me over for a spontaneous dinner. And then Mary was like, bring your fishing pole. I was like, it's always in my car. And so we went out on the little paddle boats. And, oh, look at this. You can see down the, the fish's mouth and the gills. Isn't that so cool? <laughs> Kind of freaky. Kind of freaky. Yeah, she wanted to take a picture just because you could see down the fish's mouth like that. I mean, it wasn't that big of a fish. 
I would say this one was probably the biggest one I caught. The first one. Other than I did have one that hit really hard. And I really thought that, I mean, he would have been a decent sized one. And then I get him close to the water, like to the surface of the water. And he just was like, nope, not today. And he like, I'm like, you got to be kidding me. And then the water was so clear at some points where it's like, you're looking down and I'm, I can see my worm and I can see these fish nibbling on my worm, but they're smart and they would only nibble and they wouldn't actually bite. And the one just like swam up, looked at my worm and swam away. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. This is ridiculous. I love fishing so much. Well, welcome back for, to another episode. Madison is joining us again uh, for another. She just, yeah. I'm, thank you for dealing with my fish stories because <laughs> I just got so excited. Anyways, uh, so uh, we're back for another episode. And we're this episode, um, I want to talk about... Uh, devotions, right? So uh, a beautiful thing in the, in the church is that every month of the year is de- devoted to um, some, some devotion, right? Or some um, important aspect of our belief, right? I mean, there's a month of the Holy Family. I think that's January, isn't it? And then is it January, February, something, um, you know, May is like the month of Mary. Um, October would be the month of the rosary, uh, June is the, the month of the Sacred Heart. Uh, July is the Precious Blood. And I mean, you could literally Google this because um, I don't remember all of them. Uh, but those are just some examples. And so what I wanted to touch on uh, in the, this episode, because it's been kind of on my heart, is I love uh, the devotion to the Sacred Heart. Love the devotion to the Sacred Heart. Uh, but I, I want to also... As, speaking of devotions, and as we're talking about the Sacred Hearts and this main devotion, uh, how do we uh, keep into perspective, right, devotions in the church, but then also making sure that we uh, keep them in in a proper order in the spiritual life, right? Because devotions are good, right? And uh, they're, I won't say that they're necessary for salvation, right? But they're helpful, they're an aid to our uh, our spiritual life. And so I want to just take some time and just talk about, okay, well, first of all, what are devotions? Second of all, how do we keep them in proper order in our relationship with the Lord? And then how, like, how can they aid us in growing closer to Jesus, right? So uh, to start this off, Madison, I'm curious, what are some of your favorite devotions? This is a hard one, but I think I've finally gotten to a point where I've narrowed it down because, and I'm sure we'll talk about this, of people who like to collect as many devotions as because they're all amazing. So it, it's so hard to decide which ones you really want to focus on. And I think that is a really important thing to narrow it down to a few that you really you really follow those devotions and, and are faithful to them, um, but not just being boxed in by them either but i would say if i had to pick like a top three it would be rosary which is kind of a given like i almost don't want to include that because that one just seems kind of obvious but rosary obviously um precious blood and then uh praying for the souls in purgatory that's another big one for me that's it that's like that is another google Praying for the souls in purgatory. I feel like that's a f- forgotten kind of devotion. Um, right. Because they can pray for you. They just, for them, yeah. 
uh, right. They just can't. Um, they just can't pray for themselves. Oh my gosh. I was going to look up like the definition of a devotion and my thumb accidentally hit make me a Jedi. Yeah. Well, that, that was in my search history. <laughs> because there's, so listen, there's, I saw this say this thing was on Instagram or something about like, you could put your picture and it would like make you a Jedi and you could get a printout of it. And I was like, oh, this is so cool. And so naturally I Googled it. This make me a Jedi. And I was going to order one, but then I realized it's like 30 or it was either 30 or $50. I can't remember. I'm like, that's like way too much for this, but it's like a print or a canvas. So anyways, my thumb accidentally hit make me a Jedi <laughs> because that was in my search. I'm, no shame. No shame in that. Um, anyways, I was going to um, definition of devotions and prayers. We'll just do devotions and prayers. Um, anyways, yeah, you all just got a bit of my uh, <laughs> my free time scrolling is make me a Jedi. I do have a Jedi training manual at home, but, you know, I'm... I've been waiting eight years for my Jedi powers to come in off of eBay and they still aren't here yet. So here we go. Anyways. All right. So according to EWTN, since we were just talking about mother Angelica too, uh, to uh, devotion. So Madison mentioned praying for the souls in purgatory, precious blood and the rosary, right? Those were the three. Yeah. Uh, so a devotion, I should have probably did this first. Uh, they are manifestations of our profound love of God rooted in worship and service to his holy name. So as, um, as Catholics, it continues, it is our readiness to give honor and glory to God, whether in public or private prayer or by performing some act of God's will that exercises our own spirituality. So through prayer, our devotions reaffirm our total commitment to our Lord Jesus. And in return, we hope to ob obtain favors that only he can provide through his intimate, wow, infinite mercy and blessings. Our comprehensive selection of Catholic devotions, prayers, novenas, litanies, meditations, is designed to help Catholics grow in their faith and love of God. And then they say, we invite you to try different ones and make them a part of your daily devotion <laughs> along with your spiritual journey. So uh, I, I think it's, I love the precious blood of Jesus, right? And praying for the Holy Souls in Purgatory and the Holy Rosary, right? Um, my devotions, I would say the the Sacred Heart of Jesus, I was on retreat, what it was it, a month ago or whatever, and uh, the, the Lord really just reaffirmed me uh, of my deep love for the Sacred Heart of Jesus. Uh, I also have a, a deep love for divine mercy. That does not mean that I necessarily pray the chaplet all of the time, but just asking for the mercy of Jesus, right? And you really, I mean, the Sacred Heart of Jesus and divine mercy are kind of like, they go together hand in hand. Um and I would say then the rosary also, I would use that as a devotion. Uh, I will be honest with you. I am not necessarily a novena person. I struggle. You get like to day three or four and I'm just like off the, the bus, right? Like I just, I, I struggle. The only novena that I have, well, there's two, um, that I have readily completed. Mary Undoer of Knots is a novena that I will complete because that is oh, a powerhouse novena. And also, I, I did a novena to St. Teresa of Calcutta. Those two, um, of course, I had somebody praying that other novena with me. If I have somebody praying a novena with me, then they can, like, give me a 
kick in the rear and say, you need to keep up with this. But um, it's like Novena's not necessarily my thing. Litanies every once in a while can be my thing. I really love the litany of the most Holy Eucharist. Oh, so beautiful. Um, so yeah. So I would say those are my my devotions. But um, so if, like for you, do you find that like, do you pray these devotions every day or are they something that you maybe pray once a week or every other day or like, how do you incorporate them into your, your spiritual life? Right. So. I think I'm the type of person that I, I need to have a routine. Otherwise I just won't do something. You know, like if I have a goal towards something and it's something I need to be actively working towards or something every single day. So um, these are all, those top three devotions are things I prioritize every day. Um, and sometimes like I try to incorporate it throughout the day. Cause you know, if you've just like try to do it all in the morning, not much of a morning person. So that's hard. Like some prayer in the morning, like obviously morning offering stuff like that. And then prayers in the evening. Um, but I try to spread things out throughout the day. And I think that helps. We talked about that book by brother Lawrence of the resurrection, I think is this title. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Practicing the presence of God. And I think that having, and so what I do is like, I'll have at noon, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. um, like just having reminders <laughs> pop up on my phone and I'll just stop what I'm doing or get to a good stopping point and just take a two minute prayer break or whatever, make an act of hope at noon or something like that. And, um, I think that's really helpful of just like making it a part of your day and, and then once you get in that routine, it's just just normal. And then you just maintain the devotion from there because it's just part of your daily life. I am not that on top of it um, when it comes to devotions and other prayers. Uh, and I know that like I have friends that are very, very good at like keeping up with their devotions, right? Or keeping up with novenas or litanies or things like that or setting reminders on their phones. But I find that um, I don't necessarily pray it every day, like, or I, I engage in that prayer every day. Um, but I would say that it's at least like a thought in my mind, right? So, like, I mean, there's specific prayers that can go along with the Sacred Heart, right? There's the Litany of the Sacred Heart. There's, I think, a, a, like a short prayer, like of a, an act of consecration, right? Um, and, and there's the Divine Mercy, like, and I mentioned I don't pray the chaplet every day, but I find myself contemplating often just like the concept of our Lord's mercy, right? Or his sacred heart, right? You know, you've got another quote. <laughs> and uh, it, it, and then the rosary. I mean, I do do make an act to pray the rosary every day. And I would say probably 95% of the time I pray the rosary every day, right? Um, please tell me your finger didn't accidentally hit like another search. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, and so, uh, anyways, I, I, I just, I, maybe this is an encouragement of like, you hear, you know, if you hear of all these devotions in the church, like, don't freak out of like, oh my gosh, I'm not doing them, right? Because I, like I said, I struggle to keep up with it, right? I mean, I guess you could say the Liturgy of the Hours is a devotion. Is that a devotion or is that just a, I guess it was, that's true. Yeah. And so I pray the Liturgy of the Hours daily. Um, so I guess that would probably be my primary focus, uh, but then I'm contemplating the other concepts of the other devotions, I guess I would say. Um, but I try not to busy myself with too many devotions, right? Like I try not to, maybe if there's a certain season, I'll add something. I'll attempt a novena or something like that. <laughs> Usually doesn't work. Uh, and 
but I try to kind of keep my life simple, I guess, when it comes to devotion, because there's so many in the church and they're all beautiful. Right. Um, but like, I just, oh my gosh, sorry. That was <laughs> my brain's like going out the window right now. Uh, so I guess, first of all, what is your quote before I ask my next question? Since you, I think this is very relevant uh, from Archbishop Fulton Sheen, now venerable. Um, he said, in vocal prayer, we go to God on foot. In meditation, we go to God on horseback. In contemplation, we go to God in a jet. I had never heard that before, but I found that the other day and I was like, wow, I love that. That's so cool. And so I think that what Emma's getting to of wanting to keep things simple, but also valuing devotions and being very devoted to them. Well, yeah, it's the fat, you know, it's the fastest one. <laughs> I don't know. He said it. I don't know. According to Pinterest, that's a quote from him. I don't know. Maybe it's wrong, but I think there's wisdom in that. <laughs> no matter who actually said it. <laughs> According to Pinterest, Fulton Sheen said that at one point in time. Anyways, so I think as long as we are, if the an intention and goal of all of our devotions is, should be, right, like a deeper sense of meditation and contemplation, right, of Instead of just, I'm going to complete these five decades and then I'm done, you know, and I think we can all get in that habit just with the busyness of, of life of just want to get through the rosary, um, which is kind of a sad way to view it. But I'm sure we've all done that before. And it's hard not to sometimes, like if you're not, sometimes you're just not into it, but that's okay. And I think that's the beauty of just do it anyway, right? Like of an act of love of, you know, I don't feel particularly excited or I'm not you know receiving anything super profound um, or even when you can't focus on the mysteries but still of just remaining faithful to it um, and trusting that it will bear fruit is really important but also not using devotions as a way to like to that too yeah but like negate like intimacy with Christ of I'm just going to pray these and that's it you know Um, but of that always wanting to go deeper I think that's uh, that. That brings me to you know. I love sacred scripture, um, and we know that sacred scripture is is truly the word of God, right? Uh, and so, I find sometimes that I can get so caught up in just praying the liturgy of the hours, and the liturgy of the hours is scripture, right? Like it's scripture, and I mean, there's the canticles, there's the psalms, there's uh, other spiritual re- reading from from church fathers and stuff, which is not sacred scripture, but. It, it's saturated in sacred scripture, but I can find myself just speed reading through it and instead of treating it as, no, this is like, this is the word of God, right? As part of the church's prayer. Um, but then sometimes I can also negate just picking up my Bible and praying with scripture, right? Because I, I think it's sometimes we can get so bogged down uh, with, oh, I have to do this devotion. I have to say this prayer. I have to do this, 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 and this, that we forget just the beauty of sacred scripture, right? Like the homily this morning for, for mass. So we're recording this on June 3rd, which, so it's the first Saturday, but the, the homily at mass this morning, the priest was really um, emphasizing the, the beauty of the word of God, right? Um, and he, he uses the example of, um, you know, if we've ever seen a, a picture of um, a child, maybe in a, in a developing country that is malnourished, right? And that they have, uh, the, like the, this bloated stomach, right? Because they're malnourished, right? And then he says, well, how many Christians are malnourished? And he was like, you know, in a spiritual lens, how many of us would be walking around with these bloated, like malnourished bodies? 
and uh, and I was like, oh, that's a really good image, right? You know, like like are we are we spiritually fed, right, uh, with the word of God, right? That's sweeter than honey, right? It's so sweet and so pleasant. Uh, it, and he even used the example, you know, you think of a sweet tooth, like if you have a sweet tooth, like what's your favorite dessert? And I instantly thought of ice cream. I'm like, mm-hmm, ice cream. Uh, and I'm like, yeah, that's very delightful. And I really enjoy eating ice cream. But I would agree that when I read scripture, it's sweeter than ice cream, you know? And I never thought that I would say that. Uh, but but I think there's this this beautiful image of like nothing can top the word of God Right outside of receiving Holy Communion, right uh, in the Eucharist, but like the, the the Word of God should be treated as probably the highest de- devotion, right, and and probably the one that we, not probably, it should be the one that we engage in the most. And uh, but I know for me, sometimes I can get caught up in doing these other devotions or other prayers that I forget the the Living Word of God, you know, and uh, and and so I don't. I'm, I mean, what are your thoughts as far as like what are some things that maybe. If you have any ideas of like, how can we keep into perspective the, the beauty of, of the word of God um, in that right ordering of devotions in the spiritual life, um, but not replacing them with God's word itself with sacred scripture? Yeah, I think that's a temptation for all of us. And I think maybe at least part of it is because the church has so many devotions and they're all so beautiful in their own way that it can be hard that for us to just limit it to a few. Um, and then I think we can fall into the trap of maybe subconsciously viewing sacred scripture as just another devotion um, and not reaching, like viewing it as, you know, gr- greater than a devotion, really. Uh, and I think that's kind of the beauty and the uniqueness of the rosary um, is that it was given to St. Dominic at a time when people were maybe illiterate like people not as many people could read as we do today um or people couldn't afford bibles things like that and so it was a way of having people engage with scripture and i think that's something we can miss is that that's actually like one of the primary focuses of the rosary it's a combination of both vocal prayer and meditation on as scriptural events so um i think that's really cool and i think that the rosary can be a really good way to lead into that. And so can the liturgy of the hours because it's both are just saturated with scripture. Um, So those are good starting places. Um, I would say too, I think sometimes we can view devotions, at least I know I can, as just a means to fill time. Like I'm going to pop into adoration really quick and like, Jesus, I just got to get through these devotions. I'm going to just do these prayers, right? Instead of just sitting because a lot of times I go in for adoration and it's like, Jesus, I like, I'm sorry, I really don't have too much to say, right? You know, like I, so I'm going to sit here, you can look at me and I'll look at you and that's, will basically be it. But at the same time, that's also prayer. That's that getting into more of the meditative and contemplative, was it the horseback and jet? Yes. <laughs> I love this. I'm going to so use this. Please, yeah, please send it to me because I need to forever remember this. I, I think that it's, it's important to, to also re, like remember, Remember that we don't have to fill our prayer time with vocal prayer all of the time. And, and that's what a lot of devotions are. And I, it's, I think I appreciate the rosary, as you were mentioning, because you can pray all sets of mysteries, right? And this is, we're including, I'm, gonna, I'm including the luminous mysteries in talking about this because the institution of the Eucharist is my favorite mystery. Love it. And so 
you can journey through the life of Christ. And I do appreciate that it's like, okay, well, even if you don't have sacred scripture, you can reflect on what is actually happening or what would have been happening at that time. So the rosary in particular leads you into a deeper meditative contemplative prayer. Um, But I think something that can happen when we oftentimes fill ourselves with devotions, whether it's litanies or um, novenas or whatever else, um, that or chaplets or things that we can we can just say them and not sit with them and meditate with them, right? Um, it's just they're just words, right? And yes, there's there's power to them, right? Like they they there's something that's efficacious about the words that that you actually pray, but is it really transforming the heart, right? Like some of my deepest meditations and reflections on the Sacred Heart or, or the, the Divine Mercy of our Lord don't even come from me reading anything, but just contemplating the concept of His Sacred Heart that, that beats, right? Um, or the, the Divine Mercy that's poured out too, right? I also do love the Stations of the Cross. I forgot to mention that, uh, the Way of the Cross. Like that's really powerful too. So like, how do we... I guess, how do we use devotions to enhance the spiritual life? Like, how have you found it beneficial in your spiritual life, um, whether it's with the three devotions that you mentioned or other devotions? How do you, how have you seen their impact in your life? Um, I think that's something I'm probably continually learning. But I think before I kind of recognized all these devotions as very like different kind of compartmentalized things. Um, instead of recognizing them as they're all, it's like a homogenous mixture of all this stuff that is ordered toward the same goal, which is intimacy with Christ and um, growth in virtue, right? So I think when I, instead of thinking of these things are kind of competing with each other, right? Of like, or you hear people say things like um, that they fear that the chaplet of divine mercy is taking away from the rosary or something like that. And I could see, I mean, the chaplet is so short, you could easily do both, but (laughs) just saying, no excuses. (laughs) But, um, you know, that kind of mindset of like that, I don't know, it's, and I get the point because obviously our lady said to pray the rosary every day and that's very important, but, um, but yeah, kind of like how we're talking about of how we can use those devotions as either a way to use up the time, like you said, and I wonder if maybe a part of that is because we're so used to like the busyness of the day. And then when we pop into adoration or whatever, it's like, I can't just sit here. Like I'm supposed to be doing something, you know, and there's something beautiful about those. But also, like you said, of just being able to just just sit with our Lord and just to just be with him. Right. Because when you love someone and you have a very close and intimate relationship with them, you don't need to be talking or doing something all the time in order to have a really profound time together you can just be just sitting there just Mm -hmm. hanging out (laughs) and at one point in adoration i think i mentioned this to you where um i walked in and i'm like jesus i'm not very happy right now so you can look at me but don't expect anything from me right now (laughs) uh but i mean that's just being real and authentic but i think there's a beauty of of not always saying things right or not always reading things uh especially in adoration or even just your prayer time that uh because it allows the lord to speak uh, a little bit deeper and clearer because you think back to elijah in the cave right he he didn't see or hear god in the the earthquake or the wind or in the fire it was or maybe it was the earthquake wind. he it was in a thin silence of a whisper um 
that that he he hears the voice of God. Um, and so I think that just something to maybe you know like reflect on is how do you spend your time in prayer? Um, and, and do you have a lot of devotions? Or are you more simplified? And that's why I always encourage people as I work with you know adults coming into the church right uh, through the OCIA process and wanting to to know more about our Lord. And I always encourage them like don't try to busy yourself with too many devotions. Like at most pick three. And now you can have different seasons of time, right? Like my three devotions that are my top right now are like, that's just the season of life, right? But they they, they may change and that's good. And actually that's encouraging like, that they do change because it shows that you're, the Lord's working on your heart in very unique ways. But to simplify your spiritual life, because the simpler it is, the more that we're able to just spend time with Jesus, right? That concept of, oh, we're just going to kind of hang out and just do do whatever. So you found something. I'm trying to look for it. There's a certain translation. I don't know what it was. I was just like at the USCCB, which I think their translation is NAB. I don't know. Um, but anyways, where Elijah actually referred to as a silent sound, which is kind of a paradox. And so I just think that's so interesting to think about like, how can, if it's a sound, how can it be silent? And so it's one of those things that seems to be a paradox, but I think there's something beautiful in that of like, if you, you know, if you are quiet enough and not just externally, but like internally, like just allowing yourself to, to listen and be attentive to the Lord, um, that he will speak in that. And sometimes it's just like, a, I don't know, but yeah, there is a way where it's like, you're not hearing anything profound, but of just maybe, maybe it's consolation or, um, I guess, yeah, probably usually like a sense of consolation that in a sense, he doesn't have to say anything. Um, but still it's, it makes a profound impact. Okay. Also, here we go. Uh, so also like, um, to kind of go off of that, uh, maybe a challenge would be, and this is a challenge for me. Like this is a big challenge for me. Uh, oh, is it in the it NAB? Is, yeah, a light silence. Ooh. I was, it was a translation that I read. This was in my Protestant days because I preached a sermon on this very topic um, where I used the thin silence of a whisper. Oh, okay. And I, but I, it was a translation and I can't remember what translation it was. I don't know if it was the ESV or something. Um, I could go and look in my one of my like 18 Bibles I have of different translations. Um, but I, I, it was it read like the thin silence of a whisper and I was like, that's that's really interesting. Like that's... You know, um, but I was, I was going to say maybe this is a challenge for me and encouragement, like even to myself is that, you know, when praying devotions, because I often will go for a walk and pray the rosary and I don't often like focus, right? Like it's just, I, I pray through it very fast and then I'm like, did I even like, did I even pray the rosary? Right. Um, so maybe like to, to be very intentional or sometimes I just pray the liturgy of the hours just to pray it and not sit with it, right? And not sit and reflect or take a pause to just meditate on what did I just pray? Um, and maybe that could be an encouragement. I don't know if you struggle with doing things like that, but I do. Um, just that whole, well, I'm just going to do it to get through, but not sit and just marinate in, I just really wanted to use that word, marinate in in the beauty of, of these prayers. Because like I said, devotions aren't bad. They should aid us in the spiritual life, but they can be a hindrance if we don't use the, if we use them wrong yeah 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 absolutely and i think in a, a very practical because i struggled with the rosary for a long time of like 
it's vocal prayer, but you're also trying to meditate. And then also all of the distractions that you have, it's just, it can feel kind of chaotic. Um, and so one thing that I do pretty regularly is, <laughs> since I'm like a child, have pictures, <laughs> like a picture book. <laughs> but so it can sound kind of silly, but it really does help. And there's so many beautiful images and it just helps you to focus on each mystery and, you know, finding the ones you like and contemplating you know what that was like through through our lady's eyes and the eyes of people around her so i think that's a really good practical way at least for the rosary because i know that was a really tough thing for me for a long time how about icons yeah. using icons as focal points i actually do use icons in a lot of I'll show you my collection i have christ the bridegroom right there yeah. not to be confused with christ the bridegroom monastery where mother natalia is at but anyways, shout out to Mother Natalia and all of the nuns at uh, Christ the Bridegroom Monastery uh, in Troy Township slash Burton, Ohio. Anyways, um, I love using icons as that focal point to like help focus my prayer uh, that it's it's like something's deeper, right? Than just saying words or praying these litanies or novenas or things like that too, right? Like it's, there's actually like meditating and praying because i mean the colors mean something in icons the postures mean something in icons the size of the forehead means something in icons go back and listen to the episode we did with mother natalia we discussed that the size of the mouth uh means something yeah apparently the bigger the forehead means the wiser the person was (laughs) and then the smaller the mouth or something i can't remember if it was the bigger the mouth and they were like a big mouth kind of thing or whatever. Yeah. Mother Natalia totally just like razzed me on that one. Um, so there's a whole meaning on the importance of how an icon is read and then prayed with. Um, so that could be something that could aid your, your devotional prayer, right? So, or your praying in general um, to help focus, right? To have something visual. Yeah, absolutely. And I think with that, in a similar way having a space in your home um to for prayer not that you always have to pray there but of just a space where it's exclusively for prayer because i think when you let that kind of blend in with your with other areas of your home it can be easy to get more distracted and just having icons or other holy images that can help facilitate that that meditation and putting you in the mindset of prayer um is can be really helpful. I also find too, and this comes with like the litanies or things like that. The the repetition too can be met. It, well, obviously the rosary is very meditative and repetitious, uh, and so taking advantage of that, right? Like it, it don't instead of just saying, "Oh, we're repeating the same thing," or we're doing the same thing over and over and over again every day. That allowing that to be like a habit in which you develop right that it's not just a prayer that you pray or a prayer that you are learning to pray but there's a reason why it's repetitive it's to create a habit within your heart um, to act a certain way or to think of things a certain way or to pray a certain way um, and to use them as like that heart muscle exercise right Um, the spiritual heart muscle exercise um, because there's a beauty in repetition too i mean you think when you're studying for a test right I mean, it's been a hot minute since I've had to study for an exam, but <laughs> you know what that's like. But the repetition, right, helps to to retain the information. And the th- same thing in the spiritual life. The more that we repeat things, the more that we do things, it's it's that repetition that, that 
molds and transforms our hearts, right? So. And I think one of the, it's not a flaw of the rosary. I think it's a flaw on our part, or at least mine, that sometimes it can be really easy to, because you're saying at least 53 in one rosary, right? That's a lot all in one sitting. And so we can forget the power of just one Hail Mary. And I think of really trying to like meditate on that of we're asking our lady to pray for us right now. And again, at the hour of our death and, and we're also resetting part of scripture, the salutation from St. Elizabeth um, is just really profound. And we're also talking about the beauty of the incarnation in there. Like there's a lot packed in a pretty short prayer and, and not taking for granted the power of just one Hail Mary. You know, I think we can think like, oh, the more the better, which true, always more prayer is always better. I was listening to a Pints with Aquinas episode and Matt Frad was um, saying that the first part of, like the rosary used to just be the first part. And then the um, Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death was added later. I was like, oh, I didn't know that, that, that the, like, the rosary would take half the time, you know? Um, there's beauty in, in all of the words, right? And the same thing for the Our Father too, right? Like not just saying it just because we have to say it, but really like reflecting and praying, yeah. right? Like that's really beautiful. And you could do that with any any of the devotion, right? Like whether it's litanies, like actually praying it. Like what are we actually praying and not just, oh, we're just going to fly through this, right? Um, and, and then say, okay, we're done. But no, like really praying uh, and, and allowing the words to penetrate our hearts. And that's why I think simplicity is best. Like, don't over bog yourself with 10 different things or 10 different podcasts, right? I mean, still listen to ours, like, obviously, but like, um, like you, that you don't have to like check the box type of thing, but it should be a personal thing and your heart should be moved uh, to doing more, right? Like, there should be a movement of the heart, an ascent of the heart to, to heaven versus just okay, we're just doing this and hey, okay, now we're done. Prayer's done for the day, right? But to making it personal, I think that's key too. Yeah, I was actually talking with someone recently, like a, a, as in a couple months ago, and she kind of said something to the effect of, <laughs> yeah, it all kind of kind of blends together anymore. <laughs> um, she kind of said something to the effect of that like the rosary was maybe kind of elementary in a way in that, I think she's viewing it as like just a focal prayer. Um, and ideally all prayers would lead to contemplation, right? And like through those steps, and obviously that's a lot harder. And I think the rosary is a great way to facilitate that. Um, <laughs> okay. Okay. So I think that's really beautiful of that. We want to have our prayer integrated that, all of our vocal prayers should help lead us to meditate, which will help lead us to contemplate, which is a lot harder. But um, but it's kind of those like successive stages of prayer where we begin with vocal prayer, which will eventually help us to meditate, which will ultimately help us to contemplate as well. Speaking of like the vocal prayer, meditation and contemplation. So there's this beautiful book. It's called The Catechism of the Catholic Church. Uh, and in part four, so the fourth pillar of the catechism is prayer on Christian prayer. Uh, and I love this section. Oh, I love the fourth section. Anyways, if we look at chapter three, article one, there's expressions of prayer and the catechism goes through and explains like, okay, well, what is vocal prayer? Um, what is meditation? 
and then what is contemplative prayer. Um, because they're all different, but in order to to grow into this sense of contemplation and really being in this in this union with God, uh, it starts with vocal prayer. And even St. Teresa of Avila in her Interior Castle, her book, The Interior Castle, it's a phenomenal book, but it emphasizes the importance as you're moving through these rooms of the castle, which is essentially your soul going through these different stages of prayer, vocal prayer occupies the first couple of rooms, I think, um, and how important it is, but we can't stay there, right? And I think that's the the danger in some devotions, um, and especially just praying them just to pray them is that we can just get caught in vocal prayer and not then move to the next room, right? Or to the next story, right? That, that we stay where we're at, where if we slow down and really make it like a heartfelt prayer, um, we can move into the different different rooms and stuff. So I would encourage just like, um, yeah, reading through this, this, for, this fourth section of the catechism. Of course, if you're doing catechism a year with Father Mike Schmitz, you'll get there. Um, but if you're not, then just uh, pick up pick up a catechism and open to the fourth section and start reading about Christian prayer because it's vitally important, I think, in in, in everything that we do, especially when it comes to the, the, the added devotions outside of sacred scripture um, and things like that. Absolutely. I don't know about you, Emma, but I have been doing the catechism in a year. It's been pretty cool. It's I've really enjoyed it. It's not a super crazy time commitment, 10, like 15, 20 minutes a day. and it's cool getting to hear uh, we're in the sacraments section now. So that's cool. Second pillar. He talks so fast. Um, so confession, I started the catechism a year and I think I got to maybe day 40. Yeah. And then I was like, I just can't keep up with this. Well, I got behind like one or two days. It's like, I can catch up. But well, then the one or two days turned into a week and then I'm like, I'm I just, I'm done. So, um, but I, I've thought about picking it back up again because I just listened to his interview with Bishop Andrew Cousins on like the introduction to the second pillar on worship. Uh, and I was, I just, Bishop Andrew Cousins is just amazing. And so I, there's a beautiful dialogue in just breaking open the ascension of the, or the, the, the importance of the liturgy. And of course, you know, we all know how I feel about the sacred liturgy. Uh, so I just lit up listening to that. So anyways, that was a side note. Listen to listen to the catechism in, the, uh, in a year if you haven't, and also re- listen to the Bible in a year if you haven't. Again, that was one I think I got to maybe day one fifty, and then I just kind of like trailed off on that one because there were other. Th- I was just like, I just don't feel that this is what the Lord wants me to do right now in my prayer life. So, um, anyways, but do you have anything else you wanted to say about prayer and devotions, especially? In this month of the Sacred Heart, I would encourage in this month of the Sacred Heart to pick up a or like at least to maybe pray. Um, the prayer of the sacred heart, the consecration, you can Google it, like the consecration to the sacred heart of Jesus. Um, like that could be something that you could pick up for the month of June. And then maybe in July, you, you can pick up a prayer to the precious blood of Jesus, right? Like that's another way to treat devotions too, is to um, dive into the ones that the church, you know, suggests per month or something like that. So, but like I said, I'm all about simplicity, all about simplicity. So anyways, um, yeah. Anything else? Yeah. Yeah, I think we have to try to find a balance of that simplicity and like Emma said, changing it up and also with the liturgical season, making some adjustments, but also not changing it so often that it makes it difficult for us to really meditate well on a particular time, be it the sacred heart or stations of the cross or something like that. Um, 
of sort of just remaining patient. And if you don't feel super excited by certain devotions, give it some time. So, yeah, it requires patience. Patience <laughs> is a virtue. And there's a reason why it's a virtue. Anyways. All right. Well, Madison, thanks for joining again. Wow. You are the most, most frequent guest. I was trying to figure out how I was going to word that right there. Um, no, but it was great. I'm glad that you were able to join. So, uh, okay. One Joyce now. Did you, do you have one? Do you have one? Okay, good. Because normally what I do is I name like two in one episode and then I don't have any for the other episode instead of just, instead of just naming one, one episode and the other, the next episode. Anyways, uh, yeah, you can go. Okay, so I got to spend the last weekend with my sister, which was really fun. And we went to uh, St. Joseph's Shrine in Detroit, and which is such a gorgeous, gorgeous parish. It's really cool. So we went there for low mass on Sunday, and that was a treat for me. It was pretty cool. What was I going to say? So my one joy would be fishing. That was that was my one joy. That just made... No, no, no. That was going to the cabin. Yeah. We bantered about the whole fishing experience at the beginning. So that was definitely my one joy. So shout out to Mary for taking me out on the paddle boat uh, and dealing with the fish <laughs> juices that kept flying everywhere. Oh my gosh. Uh, you're a champ. So thanks for uh, taking me out on, on the boat because I know you'll listen to this and I know you'll hear it. So anyways, uh, yeah. And then we sat around the campfire afterwards, which was really nice. So uh, yeah, I was just grateful for that. That was a beautiful evening. Um, fishing was the highlight. I think I even told her that I was like, this just like made my entire week was just fishing. So yeah. Anyways, that was my one joy. So, all right. Well, listeners, thanks for tuning in. Um, know that we're praying for you. Um, please pray for us, especially as we enter into the summer months, pray for father Kevin, pray for Mary Kate, uh, pray for Madison, pray for, uh, yeah, just, yeah, just pray for the podcast. Right. So, uh, just that we continue to do the Lord's work uh, and know that we're praying for you and uh, enjoy this month of June, the month of the sacred heart of Jesus. So until next time, God bless. God bless.